0: Well, the biggest game in all of college football this week is in Seattle, Oregon, at Washington, a top 10 showdown. And I hope until the games kick off, Washington State is the story. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12 I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and soon to be mostly team-free. But until then, beloved and loaded conference of champions, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please, and thank you, wherever you listen to or watch this show. We hit 4,500 on YouTube not long ago. Thank you so very much. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit locked lockedon today to get started. So, be talking more about Oregon, Washington on tomorrow's show. So many great games to get to, but the implications of that one, as it pertains to the Pac-12. Yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty substantial. And College Game Day has correctly recognized that it is the game of the week in college football. Oregon, Washington, big time rivalry, big time stakes, undefeated teams, top 10 teams, everything is there for it to be a great football game. And everything's there for it to be a great stage on Saturday morning at College Game Day. So, uh, there is an individual who has come up on this podcast before. His name's Pat McAfee. You might have heard of him who uh, says he doesn't care for Washington state or at least his words are, I'm about sick of Washington state and he's tired of all that sort of stuff. Well, you know what? Here's what I hope happens on Saturday. Washington and Oregon is the story on the field, but off the field, I hope Saturday morning gives as much publicity To Washington State fans, the team, coaches, media members, everybody as humanly possible. Washington State fans listening to or watching this show, if you are located anywhere within driving distance of college game day, I implore you to go and boo this guy every time he opens his mouth. Bring signs making a mockery of his laughable positions regarding your university and football program. I am not saying to do anything, don't touch him, don't go running on stage, don't do something dumb like that. What I am saying is this guy deserves to hear up close and personal just how Washington State fans feel about their school. This guy deserves up close and personal to understand that he has been wrong and will continue to be wrong until he changes his opinion about Washington State. And the way that he feels towards that particular university. Now, uh, back when he made his original comments on game day, Reese Davis tried to reel him back in, unsuccessfully. But credit to Reese Davis for trying. He said, "Once you get up there, and you know, to Pullman, you see those fans; they'll win you back over." He said, "No." I'm about sick of him. You know what I want? I want by the end of college game day, I want Pat McAfee to be even more sick of Washington State. I want him to go to Seattle and almost forget that Oregon is playing Washington because there is so much stuff there about Washington State. Fans, memorabilia, old Crimson will be there as we know. I hope that bugs him too because the guy deserves it. Washington State is a school that anyone who's got a functioning brain and an understanding of college football, has tremendous respect for right now. They have an interesting game I'm going to talk about later in the show as well. We're going to get to just about every game. But aside from the big one, that comes tomorrow. Before the games start, Washington State's got a chance here. Just as a university, as an athletics department, to once again show, which they did after McAfee's original comments, that they're not backing down. Don't start now. Don't don't let up now. Don't take the foot off the gas pedal. Full court press to let him know that he is wrong for thinking less of your university and taking shots at them and doubling down on it over and over again, as he has done on multiple occasions on game day and on his show. I hope Washington fans go in there or Washington State fans rather go in there and are as rowdy, and rambunctious as possible every time they get the chance to say and voice their displeasure of what Pat McAfee has said about them and Oregon State as well. It absolutely applies. Washington State's been a little bit more at the focus of, of his ire in the comments I'm referring to dating back a couple weeks, but this is the moment. Game day is not coming out to the state of Washington again this year in all likelihood. Maybe for the Apple Cup if both teams are you know 10-0, and 11-1 going into it. Yeah, maybe, but that would be in Seattle. They don't like to go to the same place twice, so I doubt that that's going to happen. This is the chance Washington State fans show up, be loud, support your school, And let him know how wrong he is for doing anything other than what everyone should do. What Chip Kelly has done. What I've tried to do here on the show. And that is make the world understand there is no reason for Oregon State and Washington State to not be a member of a Power 5 conference if you're talking about athletic capabilities specifically on the football field. Lest I bring up that Oregon State has won not one, not two, but three national championships in baseball, which is an awesome sport. So that's enough of that. Let's get to football now. Let's get to football. Let's talk about Washington State, who are who are hosting Arizona in like the sneakiest good game of the weekend in the Pac-12. Cougs are an eight-point favorite right now. I don't know where I stand on the line department. I don't on my Pac-12 prime picks yet. I got to let these sorts of thoughts marinate. So something that uh, a couple of you suggested, one in particular, my guy Damian. Pretty sure it's was Damian. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Damian there are a lot of commenters so I apologize if I'm wrong but you know who you are out there to talk about the range of outcomes or kind of what to expect what to feel going into a particular game this slate of Pac-12 games six in total one non-conference USC playing at Notre Dame is unique in that every single team could lose this weekend obviously every team won't because you know this isn't European soccer we don't play for ties this is America. We play football and we play to win. I don't like ties in the NFL. I think it's ridiculous. We don't have such nonsense in college football. We play to win the football game. You play to win the game, right? Absolutely. So Washington State, let's talk about the range of outcomes here against Arizona. Let's talk about the end of range one. This is like a polar end at one, at one side and a polar opposite at the other. These are these are like one, two very different outcomes that I can see happening. Let's start with the end of range one, the good side for Washington State. What happens for the best possible outcome for the Cougs? Cam Ward bounces back. Front of the home crowd. Tough week last week against UCLA. Offensive line was overpowered. He threw a couple interceptions. Cam Ward bounces back. The Cougs are able to run the football. I'm not worried about Washington State's defense, by the way. I, I watched them stifle Oregon State until garbage time when the Beavs, you know, staged to come back to their credit. But eh, the Cougars defense played well. DJ Uyungle completed 50% of his passes in that particular game. Washington State's defense certainly wasn't the reason they lost last week. Scored seven of the Cougars' 17 points in the ballgame, held UCLA to 25. No issues whatsoever with Washington State defensively. So if Cam Ward protects the football, which tends to be the trend over the last couple of years, Ward protects the ball, Washington State wins. Ward doesn't protect the ball, Washington State does not win. Last week, two interceptions, boom, Washington State loses. The best possible outcome here for Washington State, Cam Ward bounces back. They're an eight-point favorite for a reason. I think Arizona is a good team, a good program in a good spot right now and can still have a successful season, but the best outcome for Wazoo is winning like 37 to 20, covering that that eight-point spread comfortably. Now, that's the end of range one. Range two is on the other side for Arizona. Let's say they go in and Cam Ward is turning the ball over again. This Arizona defense held Washington to their lowest point total of the year in 31 down in the desert. Now, it's different on the road, of course, but Washington's offense, I think, is better than Washington State's. Let's say whichever quarterback plays, Noah Fafita or Jaden DeLora, is protected from Brandon Jackson and Ron Stone Jr., the zone of defense finds success in the same way that UCLA did against Washington State. Can Arizona win this game? Absolutely. They can win this football game. Not by a lot. As an eight-point dog, it's certainly going to be close. I can't see them winning by double digits. But 27-21, I think, is kind of the best op- best outcome there for Jed Fish's ball club. That's your range of outcomes For the sneaky good game of the weekend, Washington State and Arizona. Pac-12 diehards like myself know that it's really good. Everyone should know, though. It's going to be an interesting football game. Washington State, by the way, can't afford to lose another one if they're going to make the Pac-12 title game playing Oregon and Washington still on their schedule. And if they lose this game, they're out of the top 25, which is not what you want to have happen right now. So what about everything else? What What are the range of outcomes in a game like Utah and Cal? What? I don't know. I don't know. What about Oregon State Washington and UCLA talked about that yesterday? We'll talk about all of it after we talk about FanDuel, of course, because that is America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get two hundred dollars in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a five dollar Bet that's two hundred dollars in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over/unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com/lockedon. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Second segment. Sips unofficial partner of Locked On Pac-12. Thanks so much for being tuned in, by the way. So. Let's keep things going here. Let's keep things going. Let's, let's look at a game like UCLA and Oregon State. What's a range of outcomes here? I feel good about the Beavs at home in this spot. I think best-case scenario, Oregon State wins the game by 10 or more points. What does that look like? The defense has another bounce-back outing, and plays the way they did against Utah a couple weeks ago. That was also at home. Held Nate Johnson and company seven points. I think Dante Moore is better than Nate Johnson or Bryson Barnes, but not by a ton because he still makes true freshman mistakes, though he's improving. DJ Uyunglele plays, doesn't have to play at the level he did last week. But, 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 if he plays in that sort of range, yeah, Oregon State... You know they might not run the football as well as they have against some other teams this year like they did against Utah or they did even against Washington State because UCLA's front seven is nasty. But Oregon State, they got a really good offensive line. And I like that offensive line. I like them playing at home. End of range one is Oregon State wins the game. Eh, kind of like the 24 to 13 range and get a, and get a cover in there, the four points. Can UCLA win? Pfft, yeah, of course UCLA can win. They can absolutely win the football game because of their defense, which is a weird thing to say about a Chip Kelly coach team. But if UCLA is able to protect Dante Moore and have him throw no more than one interception, if there's one interception, you can survive that. If it's two, if it's three, if it's one and a fumble, that makes it tough. But one or fewer turnovers from Dante Moore, feed Carson Steele, and your defense plays the way it did against Washington State last week, Well, if you can beat Washington State, Washington State can beat Oregon State by the transitive property, I think, UCLA's capable of winning the game. So if they're able to do that, I think best outcome for the Bruins, I could see them winning the game by 10 points. 27-17, if the defense is gnarly and the offense picks things up. If Dante Moore is able to find success against a iffy pass defense, shall we say, in Oregon State, got beat more than they would have liked to last week by uh, Fernando Mendoza of uh, the California Golden Bears. And the week before, against Utah, backup quarterbacks. But then again, so was Mendoza. He was the third stringer at one point in time. Cam Ward went for over 400 yards up in Pullman. But that was in Pullman. This is in uh, Corvallis. Predictions will come on tomorrow. But that's kind of the range of outcomes. I think either team is capable of winning that game by double digits. USC at number 21, Notre Dame. Number 10 against number 21, the Irish up to a three-point favorite. What's our range of outcomes here in Notre Dame against USC? as I said, in all six Pac-12 games this week, both teams can win. I don't need to tell you that for Oregon and Washington. That's a three-point game. Guess what? Both teams can win. Same sort of thing here. Both teams can win. Notre Dame, a three-point favorite. Let's talk about the end of range one in uh, the positive direction for the Fighting Irish. That'd be a negative direction for the Trojans. Audric Estime plays. His status last I saw, Up in the air. It's kind of the Michael Jackson, uh, or not Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, you know, coin toss game. The guy shrugging with the glasses and the beard, the security guy. eh. Don't know. But if Notre Dame runs the ball well, Sam Hartman could go crazy against this USC defense. Heck, Colorado put up over 500 yards of offense at home against this USC defense. Notre Dame could very well do that. Notre Dame could do that. And if they play well, they could win this game by two scores. They absolutely could. 41 30 is i think the high end of what notre dame can do here now the end of range two which is favorable in usc's direction involves caleb williams being you know caleb williams the reigning heisman trophy winner and uh one of the front runners to win the award again audric estimate doesn't play or 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 sam hartman turns the ball over this is not a good usc defense that's well established they weren't actually good last year either. I tried to tell that to Trojan fans at the time. They didn't really want to listen. I said, hey, you're kind of relying on turnovers here. That's not going to last. I got a, I got a lot of pushback, got a lot of hate on that, and then guess what happened? It didn't last, and they lost twice to Utah and once to Tulane, allowing over 40 points in each of those three contests. Anyway, what we do know about USC under Alex Grinch, they're not very good, but they have had a propensity to turn the ball over, to force turnovers, make plays, and save themselves from poor scheme and poor tackling. So, if that happens, or if Audrick Estimate doesn't play and Notre Dame's ability to run the ball is limited, USC can also win this game by double digits 37 27. That's the best outcome for USC. Utah against Cal. Spencer, you said that every team could lose this week. I did say that. Did you remember that Cal's playing at Utah? Yes, I did. I absolutely did. I am so considering the Bears plus 13.5 for the Pac-12 prime picks. Let's, let's talk about the end of range one in favor of the Utes, who are again just quietly going about their business, winning football games, and waiting for Cam Rising to return. Utah's defense dominates Cal. That could happen. I watch Cal's offense struggle at home mightily against Auburn. I think Utah's defense is a lot closer to Auburn's than it is to Oregon State's on the road because the Beavs offense on the road this year hasn't been so good against power five teams but if Utah's defense dominates which they tend to do at Rice Eccles by the way and the Utes are able to run the football they'll just take the air out of the clock this could look a lot like UCLA going to Rice Eccles a few weeks ago to begin Pac-12 play it could have a very similar script a turnover to maybe a defensive touchdown. Utah's had a bunch of those in the last several years. They're like one of the best teams in the country at scoring defensive touchdowns annually because, you know, Morgan Scalley and Kyle Whittingham are very good like that. But Utah's offense right now, ee. if Cam Rising isn't there, and I don't expect him to be, mm. Mm. doesn't feel great doesn't feel like there's a whole heck of a lot of juice. It's, hey, can we do enough? And guess what? They did enough against Baylor, and they did enough against Florida, and they did enough against UCLA. Can they do enough against a Cal team that is currently unclear as to their quarterback situation? It, is it going to be Fernando Mendoza, Ben Finley, Sam Jackson? I don't know. I, 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 I'm honestly surprised with the way they've had such poor quarterback play and inconsistent quarterback play that the bears are a three and three football team. And by the way, I thought they would be a four and two football team at this point in time. I'm not that far off on my preseason prediction for them game by game. They're kind of following the track I expected them to, but at the end of range one is Utah winning 24 to 10. I don't think your offense can put up a bunch of points against Cal. I know Oregon state did. Guess what? You don't have those sorts of weapons you just you just don't dju is better than what uh, dju would start at utah immediately over bryson barnes or or nate johnson would he start over cam rising nope absolutely not is cam rising playing doesn't really seem like it not after his comments last week of yeah i actually tore like three things in my knee like oh oh okay not great not great bob not great so end of range two Again, this is an outcome that I foresee as possible, not likely. But the best possible outcome for Cal is absolutely to pull the upset here, which sounds crazy because this is a Utah team that doesn't lose at home. This is a Utah team that is ranked number 16 in the country. This is a Utah team that's an almost two touchdown favorite. A Utah team that has still got a dominant defense. But if you're telling me everything were to go Cal's way, And there's no big quarterback advantage in this game. Yeah, I could see the Bears pulling it out. Not going to predict it. But boy, I'm leaning towards them covering that 13 and a half. That would involve what exactly for Justin Wilcox and company? Well, number one. Fernando Mendoza slash insert quarterback here. Maybe they've got a walk-on who joined the team over the weekend they want to start. I don't know. I mean, they they are just all over the place. Like, no one thought Mendoza was playing, and guess what? He played well. Over 200 yards, a couple scores, and an interception. It was pretty solid. Pretty darn solid. If he were to play well again, and the defense of Cal, which has had its moments this year, good ones and not so good ones, They've had bad moments against really good teams, but this is not a really good offense in Utah. This is a great defense. If the defense stifles the backup quarterback situation with the Utes, Cal can pull the upset here 21-17. Heck, it might even be more low scoring than that. I, I, I would not count out Cal in that game, depending on what Cal gets from the quarterback position. That is the key because Utah's defense is pretty suffocating there so that's the end of range too what about the game tomorrow night friday night depending on when you're listening to or watching the show may or may not be tomorrow maybe today maybe yesterday colorado hosting stanford look at that colorado's playing in a game that no one's talking about there's a reason There's a reason you should check out LinkedIn Jobs, and that's because it's the best way to find qualified candidates for your position. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% 100 certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that Is why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions to apply. All right. This Friday game, bus hosting the Cardinal, Colorado, the biggest favorite they have ever been in the Deion Sanders era. I would even venture a guess to say this is the largest favorite Colorado has been in a game in a couple decades. They are half point favorites at home against the Cardinal. They're capable of losing the game. I don't think they're going to. Let's talk about the end of range two for expected outcomes here. That would be Stanford pulling an upset and sending shockwaves really throughout Boulder because everyone understands now. And I have to say it's been nice that the, the narrative around Colorado has been accurate. That's all I've ever tried to be. It's all I've ever wanted it to be. It's why people get annoyed with Colorado. Oh my gosh, they're this, they're that, they're the other thing. Or or they're just what they are, which is a capable, solid team, not a great one. They'll probably make a bowl game this year. They'll be at five wins, I believe, after Friday night. That line of 11.5 is curious, but Stanford, not good. And when you look at a lot of position groups here, it is advantage Colorado. Quarterback, massive advantage to the buffs. Skill position players, massive advantage to the buffs across the board. Philkins or EJ Smith could probably start for Colorado at running back, but even then, I don't know that they'd be a clear uh, number one guy there. there. There are just not a lot of players on Stanford that would start elsewhere. Really, the only guy is Benjamin Yurasek. Maybe David Bailey. David Bailey can be really good, really disruptive. So the end of range two, which is Stanford pulling the upset here in Boulder. David Bailey would be involved because we know Colorado's offensive line is bad. They have been horrible this year. Shador Sanders has been pressured relentlessly time and time and time again. So if David Bailey, who played an inferior offensive line once upon a time against Hawaii and had like three sacks and a couple other tackles for loss, if he is disruptive along with that Stanford front seven in making Shador Sanders uncomfortable. And Stanford offensively keeps Shador Sanders on the sidelines by doing what? By following the script they had early for the first quarter and a half against Oregon. They played really well through the entire first quarter and the beginning of the second, the first half of the second quarter, in fact, against the Ducks. Eventually, Oregon's talent outmatched them and overpowered them. But Stanford was running the ball, killing the clock. It was old school Stanford with a new school look and that's the formula to pull an upset here you gotta run the ball control the clock whoever's playing quarterback whether it's justin Lampson or ashton daniels has to be able to protect the football against a ball hawking colorado secondary a defense by the way that has been playing not horrible football for the last couple of weeks they didn't play great against usc had a good second half and then played well overall against asu but if stanford runs the ball and control the clock and david bailey is a big day there's a world in which the cardinal win 24 21 and dominate time of possession i am not in that particular camp now i rode colorado last week in the pac-12 prime picks as my favorite pick of the week and they had the cover right up until the last three minutes of the game they end The end of range one in which Colorado is trying to attain the high end of it is they run away with the football game. It, it, it's they run away with the football game. The offense rolls against a weak Stanford defense in all facets. They're able to run the ball like they did against USC. Stanford's terrible stop in the run. They're not good against the pass either. Shador has a big day. And the defense plays solid. Don't need to play great. Just play solid. Then Colorado can win this game. 45-17. They could win this one big. That's the high end. The low end is Stanford somehow finds a way to pull the upset. I don't believe that that's going to happen. Great week of games. Talking about the implications of Oregon and Washington tomorrow. Because there are a lot of them. So tune in for that. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. And until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.